Welcome to the Just Being Honest podcast show. This is your host, your toxic-free lifestyle advisor and mindset coach, KB. On the Just Being Honest podcast show, we are dedicated to educate the public about how to live a purely toxic-free lifestyle. By eliminating and dramatically reducing the use of many products and lifestyle threats that contain these harmful ingredients that often bombard our life in a mysterious manner, we too can all as a collective whole become healthier and mentally wealthier. So join me on the ride. We're getting deep. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back to the Just Being Honest podcast show. I'm your host, your toxic-free lifestyle advisor and your mindset coach, KB. I have an, I mean, amazing is an understatement. I am so excited to have our next guest on to the show today. Dr. Michelle Perro is here. You probably have heard her speak before, but I'm not even going to do an intro right now because she can better obviously introduce herself. Um, She knows her truth and she knows why she is here to speak with all of you all today. I'll try not to speak over her too much, but we have a lot of information to share with you guys. And to be honest, I want to have this session, Dr. Michelle, to be a little bit fear invoking, especially to the parents out there, because um, the subject that we're going to be talking about is critical, very, very critical um, in regards to children's health. So I know you're a huge advocate for, you know, standing against genetically modified foods, which is a huge factor, but also there are some other Um, things we need to talk about just in like environmental like home life with children right what's being yeah like um toxicity within environment of even just simple things like the bedroom or the kitchen right those things called pantries um you know lifestyle activities so without further ado welcome to the show i'm so excited and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself for people that don't quite know you yet thank you catherine thank you for inviting me today and i'm a big fan about just saying and following the truth boy do we need it now more than ever so i've been a pediatrician for i'm hitting 41 years now taking care of kids and families and I'm an author. I run two nonprofit websites. I've created a new show called The New MDs, Moms, Doctors, and Scientists. We are telling the truth. Um, but what I think is most pivotal about my career is when I started seeing the uptick in autism. And that was about 20-something years ago. And I was so alarmed by this because autism is not normal. We may call it neurodiversity now, and we're giving um, a different names to it and acceptance for people who are neurodiverse, but they have significant health challenges. When I saw that and coupled it with my almost serendipitous exposure to GMOs and, pep- and pesticides in the early 2000s, my career did an about face. I was a pediatric emergency physician at that time, but I was also practicing homeopathy on the side with my own family. And I literally pivoted 
to include pesticide advocacy, GMOs, environmental health, and which is the leading cause of childhood illness now, not to mention the medical system, and I throw Hollywood in there too, to what I work on now, which is empowering parents to take back their children's health. I mean, parents, take back your children's health. Because right now, who's it under the control of? Many of us know, you know, big ag, right? Like, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that when people brought children into your office and were like, well, what do I do? I mean, I can't do anything about it, right? They have to feed them something. Well, there's this learned helplessness that there's a, you know, hey, I'm I'm busy. Both my husband and I are working or whatever parental kind of, you know, permutation you have in your family. Everyone's working. We don't have time for this. Well, why did we have children then? Mm. Because children were not meant to eat food-like industrial processed ingredients with no nutritional uh, additives in it. Um, cereal with added synthetic vitamins is not nutrition. So you think giving your kids as lucky charms with food dyes and pretend synthetic vitamins is, is serious real food? you're woefully mistaken. So if your kid's not well, the first step is look what they're eating because most of our kids are definitely overnourished and underfed. Mm. They don't have any nutrients aboard. That means their microbes aren't working, their brain function is not working, their immune function is not working, nothing's working. So instead of giving them a drug for their lack of focus, let's try bolstering their um, their nutritional uh, status. So we have to relook at how we care for our kids. Okay, there's so many key points I just want to hit on, but I want to dive into really quickly, you mentioned overnourished and underfed. Kind of tell me more and tell the audience more about that. So they are, um, so but basically what we're said is there, it should be overfed and undernourished. Did yeah. I, say the wrong thing? I did, apologies. Overfed, they're eating all the time because they their body is not getting any nutritional value. Mm. So the nutrition, even if you eat organic, the nutritional level in organics over the past 40 years has plummeted. Um, and so you need so much more to get a nutritional status that is decent. Years ago, Captain, I never gave a multivitamins to kid. Now to my kids, to my patients, I help put all of them on multivitamins once they've changed their diet. Mm. Supplements are not my go-to. First thing we do is look at the pantry because the pantry is your medicine chest. We start there. And if we've maximized that and kids are still having challenges, then we start supplementing. Oh my gosh. There's no, no drive-through. This, there's a cost of convenience. This is not a drive-through. So let me ask you a question, like in regards to this and in regards to like social ability with kids, school, right? Um, I know how I grew up in my household. Uh, my mom was a functional integrative nutritionist. I mean, I would go to the neighbor's house to get soda and gum, right? So how do we deal with this today without being the parent that's like, no, 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 you can't have that because then there's that other psychological side of a young child saying like, I can't have it, I want it more. And then the binge eating occurs, right? Emotional eating. So how do you teach children about choices and about healthy choices? Um, because you said the medicine, or excuse me, the pantry is the medicine cabinet, right? But there's still the lunchroom, right? There's still yeah. trading going on. 
Indeed, my kids would come home with lunch boxes. I would send them with little cut up grapes and, and hummus and <laughs> veggies. And they come home with Dorito wrappers and bologna sandwich wrappers and, and their lunch boxes. I was like horrified. Yeah, it's a problem. But so remember that when you raise children, they model the behavior of the parents. So whatever you're doing, that's the behavior you're modeling. My own husband hid the junk food in the closet. The kids had that figured out like in a nanosecond, but they knew where the junk food was. So you can't do that. The whole family has to adopt the eating style, which makes it difficult because sometimes one parent will eat one way and the other eats the other way. Notice I haven't done any male bashing here. I didn't say which parent was doing what. And so everybody on board, you know, kale salads for everybody. No, uh, so that's number one. Number two is when you set that from an early stage, even during pregnancy, what mom eats during pregnancy affects the taste of the fetus and then the infant. So moms who drank a lot of alcohol during pregnancy, there are studies which show those babies have a, a, a more refined taste for alcohol and will choose alcohol. For, for moms who've eaten healthily during pregnancy, bitters, different tastes, different foods, healthy, those kids will lean toward those foods. So it's really important during that pre-pregnancy, pregnancy time of what moms are eating. Okay, you've modeled the behavior. Your kids were home and then they go to school, play dates, sleepovers. What do you do? Well, you can certainly talk to the families where the play dates and say, you know, if you can, my kids don't eat those synthetic cupcakes. I've sent snacks. Please don't go to any trouble on my behalf. Talk to the other families and say, we try to live a certain kind of lifestyle. Do the best you can without being obnoxious, neurotic, arrogant, unfriendly, the helicopter parent etc. But once the kids get to a certain age and they're really out of your control, there will be fallout. They will eat those bad foods, but hopefully it's just those times when they're home in your house and they're not driving to the 7-Eleven or wherever to get their junk food hit. You're buying the food. Hopefully they're buying it with you. You're cooking. They're cooking. Family cooks, not just mom, not just dad. And so it's a minor digression, usually in high school. And then later on, they come back. And then lastly, I would say, if your kid goes to public school, that public school lunch in America is abominable. Mm -hmm. If you look at, at Moms Across America study, my dear friend and colleague, Zen Honeycup, they studied moms had to do this because, of course, the FDA did not. They studied 43 lunches across America. 100% of them contained heavy metals. 93% of them contained pesticides. And 75% of them contained veterinarian drugs, pharmaceuticals. This is, and they were low in nutritional density. This, and some kids are eating one, two, and on occasion, three meals at school. Mm. So I'd say, Get out of the school lunch program. And if you can't, talk to your school. Go to the PTA. Become that parent. Talk to the other parents. They have the same concerns you do. Unify. Community. Forget the six-foot nonsense. Rebuild our communities. And we're not separate. We're together. And what affects one family affects more than one family. We're not so unique. We share many of the same concerns. Yeah. I mean... I'm just blown away already. And, you know, it is so true that the teenagers will, 
you know, do the rebellious. I want to, you know, follow along with my friends. I want to eat the junk food and stuff. And then they'll come back. I know I probably did that <laughs> in regards to how I was raised. But then you come back and you're like, I mean, like what I eat per night. I'm like, well, dude, like I love broccoli. I love Brussels sprouts. You know, I am obsessed with like the farmer's market. Do you know what I mean? And that's just because that was ingrained in me. I had so much education and knowledge behind that. And I think that is key. Education is so much key. And so what do you think about that? Like educating a child, you know, like what are the types of questions that you can say to them so they still have that ability to have the choice to make when they go to the birthday party, right? So kids, so as kids get older in particular, they need choice. So you did this kind of hammer thing, like, no, you don't eat that. It's bad for you. This kind of dictatorial thing, especially an older child, is not going to work so well. So what you can say is, huh, I see you brought the Doritos bag home again. You know, what is it? Why do you like that food? Tell, tell me. And they'll say, well, either it's salty, it tastes good, all their friends are eating it. It's usually some combination of that. It's like, huh. I wonder if we can make something together that would taste as good as those Doritos and you help me in the kitchen. And especially if it's a boy, give them a knife to chop. Boys love knives. So get them chopping in the kitchen. I haven't had one kid yet cut a finger off. They have these wonderful safety knives with a, that cut, but that you don't cut off your digits. You teach children how to chop, you know, holding your fingers back, how to cut veggies, etc. So that is one thing you do. And then you show them how to make these alternatives. For example, my own daughter, high school, I was one of the moms who volunteered to bring uh, snacks for the senior prom. So what I did is I went to the farmer's market, I got the most gorgeous organic strawberries with stems. I dipped them in a dark organic chocolate. I put them in the freezer and I brought a whole tray of, of frozen strawberries with dark chocolate. That, and everybody else brought cookies and cake. That was the first thing that went on that table. Mm -hmm. So you be that mom and orange slices at the soccer game. You know, you can have your kids help you make an organic pizza. You can, if your kids do eat wheat, um, I don't, you can use a uh, gluten-free dough, organic dough and make pizzas from scratch. Pizza can be a healthy meal, make it from scratch without all the GMO, canola oil, canola oil is all genetically modified, all the other garbage that you get when you eat out. 46% of American budgets are spent eating out or takeout. So that's half our money is going out. And I can tell you what you're getting in a restaurant is not quality. They use a lot of fat and salt to make things taste good. And it's not the quality stuff you're gonna make at home. Yeah, I mean, I agree. You know, so with the, you said salt and oil, eating out, salt and oil, great. I am the advocate, like I love adding Himalayan salt to my own products, you know, my finishing Maldon salt, whatever. Um, but I eat, you know, I'm plant-based vegan, right? So I don't get anything that's processed with, um, you know, already added salts in there. But I want to ask you, because you kind of like tickled my fancy here with the oils. The oils can be so confusing to people where now I'm so like a hunting dog that I know if I'm in a restaurant, if that was not made with just 
extra virgin olive oil. I can taste if there was a canola oil in there, a sunflower seed oil, what have you. So let's talk a bit about oils right now because, um, you know, I'm still on this subject of uptick in autism that I want to ask you about, but let's jump into oils right now and kind of like what the oils do, what products they're in. I'm going to say peanut butter, certain peanut butters being one of them and what it does to our body and our children's bodies. Yeah. So, um, first of all, oils are super healthy kids, adults. We need oil. Um, our nervous system, the outside of layers made of fat, our hormones are built on cholesterol, which is a healthy fat. So we do need fat. So I want to get away, uh, away from this idea that fats are bad mm -hmm. and, 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 and kind of vilify eating fat. The problem is, is when you use oils for cooking, they break down and they, and they become, and they develop something called AGEs, um, advanced glycated, uh, end products, which are not so healthy for us. For example, which ones like olive oil, when you heat up olive oil, unfortunately it breaks down and loses all the quality, the beneficial prob the, the beneficial qualities of that monosaturated oil. So cooking's the problem. You have to use an oil that tolerates high heat, like avocado oil. But if you can get away from using a lot of oils in your cooking and do more um, low low heat cooking, more steaming, more crock potting, I just made a switch to different cookware myself, so so I can envelop some of these cooking uh, techniques. You'll get healthier food. So the main oils for cooking would be either coconut um, or avocado. Save your olive oil to put on your salad or at the end of your meal where it's still intact, and buy a quality one that's cold pressed and organic. So the seed oils are not good for cooking. You know, the seed oils are not good cooking. Canola is, should never, whether it's organic or not, just get it out off your shelf. Don't use it. It's not a good oil. It's not a healthy oil. Um, it's made from rapeseed. It's not, there's nothing good about canola. Um, and a lot, because it's cheap. And if it's, if it's not organic, it's genetically modified. Canola is probably about 97% GMO now. If so, so remember, if something's genetically modified, it is sprayed with pesticides. The only reason why we have a GMO food is so that when you spray the pesticide, the crop, the food doesn't die. It's the only reason. They don't save the world from hunger. They use more water. The seeds don't regenerate. The seeds aren't as healthy. So forget all the myths that you've learned from Monsanto, now Bear. So that's the thing about the oils. But kids, but there are healthy fats. Butter is a very healthy fat. Um, especially for kids, if you're vegan, then you're not going to eat butter, but you could eat ghee, clarified butter, and you could take out the dairy element. Um, so, you know, I'm not telling people how to eat, but how to eat better in whatever model you adopt for eating, whether it's veganism, keto, whatever type, pescatarian, whatever type of eating you do, it should be the best that you can do within what you have in your budget. So, did I answer your question? I was kind of rambling a bit oh there, gosh. Catherine. No, you did. You did a lot. Um... You know, I think especially when you jumped into seed oils, you know, what I found out actually most recently is that a lot of restaurants, when we were talking about eating out, a lot of restaurants cut oils, right? They'll cook half with a genetically modified or even more than half, right? And then mm -hmm. add, oh yeah, just like a little bit of olive oil, right? So there is a difference there, guys. There is a difference. And there is also a difference about how your body metabolizes these oils, right? The seed oils 
stick to your arteries, right? And um, go for it, yeah. Oh yeah, no, they're not. You're spot on, Catherine. They're not the same in how we metabolize them. They have different ratios of omega-3, six and nines. Um, but again, don't deprive your body of cholesterol. You need <laughs> fat. Oh, yeah. And especially children, you need it for brain development and hormone development. So you need, you definitely need fat. So, so get, so yes, you need fat, but it needs to be healthy fat. Children do very well on seeds and nuts. Those are great sources of fat in children. The almond butters, the peanut butter, if, if your kid is not intolerant, which, you know, half the kids are, um, all the nut butters, sunflower butters, those are good butters to put on veggies or bananas for your kids. Those are good snack foods. Oh, those are, I love those snack foods for kids. Yeah, they're super easy to make too. I mean, you literally just throw a bunch of items in a food processor or a high-powered blender and then whip it up and put it in a jar and there you have it, right? I I, recent, I couldn't believe it. I buy peanut butter, organic peanut butter. I recently learned how to make peanut butter just from peanuts. I couldn't believe it. And so... <laughs> I thought, wow. Now remember, in the processing, the reason why processed foods can be so harmful, even if they're organic, is that you have to use a lot of different solvents to extract certain nutrients. And they use ones that are like hexane and others. A lot of those solvents are toxic. This is the problem with processed food. So you want to stay as close to the garden as possible. Stay out of the middle aisles of your supermarket. Shop the periphery. Better yet, yet, shop the farmers markets. Get to know your 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 salespeople, your farmers. Ask them questions about how they grow. I go to the same people at the farmers market all the time. I know them by first name and get my veggies. Or you can do a CSA. You can have a box delivered to your house. Um, a, a fresh veggie, seasonal ones that haven't been transported 8,000 miles from Chile or another country. So we have to be mindful eaters, conscious eaters. Um, and also, of, co of course, animal welfare. If, if you are eating meat and it's an animal was not treated well or it's a capo animal, shame on us. Well, yeah. Never... Yeah. I mean, shame on us. It's the same shame thing. It's kind of like us treating our children, children this way, you know? It's like, um, is convenience, is convenience more important to you than like, you know, lifespan, right? longevity, happening, happiness, joy, health, you know, getting away from prevent, you know, chronic illness, chronic pain. We, um, make, we make choices. I mean, you're, you, you, we all have to make choices. And yeah, there are a lot of things that are a lot easier. Doing a takeout burrito is a lot easier than me coming home and prepping and cooking. Absolutely. But it's the best choice for my kids' health and well-being. Is it the easiest choice? Absolutely. Can I get a cheap burrito to bring home? You bet. Could it even be cheaper cheaper than the ingredients I buy at the market? Yes. But is it better for our health? Working for our health is more work. It takes time. It takes prep. It takes some forethought. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. You know, I think one big takeaway I want to give parents, I want to give children perhaps that are listening is that my mother instilled this line that I cannot get out of my head and it was you know every time in life that I struggled I was broke you know going through college all the things she would look at me and say you know okay like 
you the food that you eat, like what you invest in, it may seem expensive, but that's your healthcare long term. And it's so true. That is your healthcare. Yes, ma'am. Your mom is spot on. I tell people, well, you can pay the market or pay me. I'm way more expensive. <laughs> and if your kids are sick at home, somebody's got to stay home with them. Mm-hmm. So if your kid is sick all the time or needs appointments or health, whatever, health system checkups, one of the parents is out of work. So if you think of it that way, you're investing in your health care long term as well as financial. Because in this country, money matters. You know, it drives everything, as you know, Catherine. So I say, yeah, go taking a day or two off from work and having to take your kids to the clinic and waiting in a room with all those sick kids in there, that's not that much fun. Yeah, and then mom and dad get sick or the guardian gets sick, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 The circle. <laughs> the circle of sickness. Um, so I want to jump into, at the beginning of the hour, you were talking about the uptick in autism. You saw this 20 years, you know, 20 plus years ago, and that's kind of what was the catalyst for you just really diving in deep with this. Tell us more yeah. about the uptick in autism. Absolutely. It, it was around the year 2000, and I just started seeing this, the uptick, not as high as it is now, because every year it keeps escalating. And I thought, oh my God, everyone must be seeing this. It's not that I'm, you know, you know, a genius here. It was so obvious. Everybody can diagnose Catherine um, autism. It's not a hard diagnosis to make, but people weren't getting excited by it. And I thought, why aren't we getting excited? But something happened simultaneously. And I learned about GMOs and pesticides by one of the moms in the practice where I was working at the time. And she was stopping the spray of pesticides in California here where I live. Um, and she needed a pediatrician. I helped out. One of the moms put Jeffrey Smith's book in my hand, Seeds of Deception. And she said, Michelle, do you know about GMOs? And I didn't. Early 2000s, I did not. I said, I know what it is, but no, I don't know anything. I read Jeffrey Smith's book. And I thought, oh my God, because I understood and saw pictures from original research on GMOs and what happens to the rat's guts, totally inflamed, abnormal architecture. I understood that they had leaky guts. I've been working on that ever since. When kids' guts are leaky, all the stuff leaks out, gets into their bloodstream and goes up into their brain. So those brains get inflamed. That is one of the things behind autism is this secondary brain inflammation. There are many things that cause autism, but one of them is from our inflamed intestine from which driving it is GMOs and they're associated with pesticides. You don't eat a GMO alone. It has pesticides, you eat both. You can eat pesticides without GMOs, but not GMOs without pesticides. So there's this something called the gut-brain axis. If I have a kid with a brain issue, whether there's some kind of learning challenge, it's called neurocognitive developmental disorder, ADHD, autism, et cetera. Let's focus on autism. I look at their gut. 90% of kids with autism have a gut issue. And most of those gut issues are things that are not common in mainstream medicine. There are things like leaky gut, which I was just referring to, something called dysbiosis, which is an imbalance of the microbes of the microbiome those collection of bugs in our gut and in many other parts of our body, as well as nutrient deficiencies. The kids on the spectrum also had, with autism spectrum, also had high levels of heavy metals, toxic metals, and some of them even had Lyme disease, chronic infection. 
And so they were a blend of pathology. Um, and then since the time I wrote the book, What's Making Our Children Sick, and I focused a lot of my, and that came out five years ago, the, since then, the rate of autism was one in 58 kids. When I was at resident training, it was one about one in 5,000. And now it's about one in 30 kids. And every year it keeps ticking up. So forget about talking about the COVID pandemic. We have an autism pandemic. And I tell people, you want to see how what it's like to be with an autistic kid? Spend a week with a kid on the spectrum. Many of those kids have behavioral issues, not potty training, don't sleep well, um, can't get don't do well in school for a whole host of reasons. And then talk to me about what it's like for a family with one, two, or more kids. I had a mom with three kids with autism, with autism. Oh my gosh. So you were talking about the gut dysbiosis and the leaky gut, um, which commonly people think, oh, gut, food, all those aspects, right? But really, it can stem from a whole host of things like the environment, heavy metals, molds, pollutants of that nature, right? Am I right about that? You are so right, because what makes our kids sick? Yes, food number one, our kids eat a lot. They're not driving their car, okay? You know, what? but there are other factors making their kids sick. Air pollution, big toxic exposure for kids. That's probably super high. Mm. Water, where a lot of kids drink tap water. I can tell you here in California, as they switch pipes out, a whole bunch of lead leaches out into the water. They don't tell families when they're doing it. So lead exposures and other nasty heavy metals. Um, so we've got we've got our food, we've got our air, we've got our water, we've got experimental therapies on our kids. We're using various things, experimental drugs. They're being harmed. Electromagnetic frequencies, 5G, 4G, and various types of e-waste. All our kids are on their devices 24-7. It's causing massive addictions and the ability for people outside of families to program our kids with information that you may not want them to see via name the device all the kids are on it i have a photo at the airport of two 18 month old twins both on phones looking down um, in strollers they couldn't be more than 18 months and i i almost fell over at the airport <coughs> pardon me so that's what's making our kids sick and i wrote something called the environmental health bill of rights two years ago because i was so alarmed by the assault of, on our children by lack of governmental regulation, the takeover by big pharma, the takeover by big agri, and the infant, the infantilization of parents and the creation of helpless parents, which is equally concerning. So this was created the perfect cocktail to hurt our children. And I do believe we have a global assault on kids. And Catherine, and I've been fighting mad ever since. Oh my gosh. I'm like just thinking right now because you're such a wealth of knowledge and you're such a beautiful fireball here. Like, because I know how I think. How do you sleep at night? Like, how do you sleep at night? Because all of these things are going through your your mind. I mean, I, I'm i already like so angry at everyone walking around and I'm just like, why don't you get it? Like, why don't you all get it, you know? 
Well, you know, it is self-care is very important. And a lot of women who are running, a lot of women are involved with health and education. That seems to be our interest because most of us are involved with our kids. But it doesn't, I don't mean to imply that you have to have a kid to be, be involved with child welfare. I'm talking about environmental welfare, our environment, the birds and the bees, animal, animal welfare, our children's welfare. It all matters, wherever your welfare is. So first, it's take care of self. If I'm strong, if I'm not grounded, if I'm not centered, if I'm not homeostatic, if I'm not balanced, I can't do any of this work because I'm out of sorts. So one, take care of yourself. And there are things I do to take care of myself so that I don't topple. Number two is I'm active. My sense of purpose in life is strong. I have two nonprofits. I wrote a book. I'm writing another book. I work with people of like-mindedness so that we create networks of working together so that you're in community. You're not Joan of Arc fighting this alone. We are in a community fighting together. Now, I hate those pugilistic words like fighting and attack and wartime, but sometimes it feels like a war. And then to be able to laugh, embrace humor, walk away. And I, there are things I do to say, I am done with this for today and shut my computer, turn off my devices. And I, I personally, I dance, but that's what I do. Tonight is salsa dancing. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's that because it is overwhelming, but if you're doing it alone and you're running your family by yourself, it's, it's absolutely overwhelming. Meet up with other families, especially with similar age kids. You're going through the same things together. Yeah. And I think also for all the, you know, mixed families out there, the co-parents, um, I just want to, because I am one of them, I just want to say, make sure that you are basically cheerleaders and on the same like trajectory and communication level that the other parents are, right? You know, whatever party you are in, like just make sure you guys are all on the same page with the kids. You know, Catherine, you bring up an excellent point because in, in blended families, and there are so many, and it can be a beautiful thing. However, if half the time you're with one set of parents who are doing one type of thing, and then you go, the kids go off to the other parents who do something totally different, there can be a lot of conflict. So somehow families get together and decide together, especially if the kid is having issues whether with autism or ADHD or behavioral stuff or whatever is coming on, the families have to work together. And I would go as so far as to say, if there's real discrepancies where they're eating organic salads here and take out, you know, Big Mike's pizza there, that you actually work with a counselor to help to see if you can reach common ground so that there's not conflict because then the parents, whatever number parents are fighting and then that creates such mixed messages for the kid. So even if you don't like the other parents, can we work together on behalf of the child who will, who will definitely suffer from the conflict and the messages you're sending? Oh my gosh, beautiful. So I have one last question and then I'll let you go, but you'll definitely be back. And that is, what is one change parents can make for their children that has the largest impact? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, when I talk about this, I always say, can you buy organic food? I mean, if you can do anything in the world for your kid, 
but it's more than just buying organic food. I think that's oversimplified. If you can make organic food, regenerative food in your home, a priority for you and your family, that's what we're talking about. Get those kids in the kitchen if they're if it's appropriate. Get, get you all cooking together. And if you are the person like, oh my God, what do I do? I don't know how to cook. YouTube has everything. You can learn to make rice on YouTube. You can learn to steam broccoli. You can learn to make chicken soup. Use YouTube as your friend. I think YouTube is a great source for that kind of information. How do I plan a meal? There's so much nutrition information on, on YouTube. I remember asking my own daughter who was farming at the time, I didn't know how to ferment, how to make sauerkraut. And, and she said, mom, YouTube it. I said, okay. I YouTubed it and I learned how to make sauerkraut. I was like, oh, that was easy. It took me 15 minutes. So that would be my wish, my, my desire for families going forward to, to kind of adapt an organic lifestyle. Beautiful, beautiful. Let's get on it, folks. Let's work as a community. Let's all support one another. Um, Dr. Michelle, you're a beautiful light. Thank you so much for coming on today. You are welcome back anytime you want, and I'm serious when I say that. Um, where can everyone find you, kind of stalk you, and read more about you and read your, your books? Thank you so much, Catherine. It's, it's women like you are changing the world and opening up. I love seeing mothers out there, women out there who are doing what you're doing. So keep up the great work. Um, people can find me at my website, which is drmichellepero.com. I have a bunch of parent information. It's all free up there. Just go knock yourself out. Um, gmoscience.org is my nonprofit. The new MDs were on Spotify, Facebook. Oh my gosh, we're everywhere. Rafkin, that's our show. We just finished episode six. That's new. And my book is called What's Making Our Children Sick. I co-authored it with my dear colleague, Dr. Adams, but my new one will be out hopefully this year. Fingers crossed. It's called Making Our Children Well, and it's a handbook for parents. Yay. It's not technical. It's it's practical and pragmatic. Fantastic. All right. Well, until next time, guys, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug, peace, love. Ciao. I don't work with just any brand out there. I have been honored um, to work with some amazing brands, though, and I do want to share them with you guys because, you guys, they shouldn't be a secret. Am I right? So the first brand that I want to share with you is Wish Garden Herbs. I know you've heard me speak about them once, twice, three times, four times, but I wanted to give you guys 20% off orders of $25 or more using code HONESTKB. Um, what's Wish Garden Herbs anyways? They are ancient remedies for the modern world. They're women-owned and family-run since 1979, and they are the fastest growing liquid herbal extract brand in the U.S. They specialize in formulating radically effective herbal tinctures made from organic, sustainably sourced plants. So I love this Midwest brand as well, just because I'm a Midwest girl. And they have so many natural herbal formulas that'll help boost your immunities. So check them out. Again, that code is HONESTKB for 20% off orders of $25 or more. The other company I really want to toot their horn because I'm loving them, a lot of people 
perhaps myself included, are going to start traveling again. And with comes travel comes a little bit of dehydration. And when we're dehydrated, we have more opportunity setting us up for jet lag. No bueno. So I want to give you guys 10% off this um, electrolyte mix with the code HONEST, H-O-N-E-S-T, 10% off. It is yours electrolyte mix. Guys, they are clean. They are also a women-owned business. I love to support them. Great crew. And last but not least for today, I want to share with you Joy, J-O-I, right? Using code HONESTKB, you can get 10% off. They are the leaders. I truly believe, I'm just going to say this, they are truly the leaders in um, nut milks. They are not filled with any additives. And plus their nut milk, their oat milk is a powder. So you can take it on the go, take it to travel with you wherever you go and just take a little scoop, place it with some water and add it to your favorite bread beverage or drink it alone. So again, that's Honest KB for 10% off. J-O-I. You'll love it.